Today on this episode of Going Deeper, we are talking about Paul. And if there is a polarizing character in all of the Bible, it's probably Paul. We deal with some really difficult issues, some of the the things that he said, and maybe the history behind why he said it. So get your keyboards and your fingers ready to respond and ask questions because we know they're coming as we venture into Paul. I'm your host, Kyle McCaskill. I'm Haley Kesterson. I'm Marie Burns. So join us as we go deeper. All right, so last week we talked about the birth of the church with Becky and Melanie. And so this week, that brings us to the natural evolution in the conversation to meeting the infamous character, Saul, who becomes Paul. Mm-hmm. And we, we see a very, I don't know, Paul is one of those very polarizing characters still today. But yeah. especially back in first century Jerusalem, first century Israel. Oh, yeah. We can, well, let's just talk about the weight of the evil that uh-huh. Paul was. I mean, when oh, we yeah. think about Paul before he met Jesus, he's described and describes himself as a zealot, mm-hmm. which is more than just this like passionate person. We're talking about a group of people that hated the teachings and the way of Jesus so much mm-hmm. um, that they actively fought against people who were disrupting um, the, the culture by teaching the way of Jesus. And before Paul's conversion, um, we read about the stoning of Stephen. Mm-hmm. And it is really gruesome. If you read it, mm-hmm. it's I mean, it's hard to read that he's just crying out, Lord, forgive them, um, you know, He's such a genuine guy. And in Acts chapter 7, well, yeah, chapter, the very end of chapter 7. So, which we, we read last week. Which we read last uh-huh. week, right? So in 59, they were stoning Stephen and he prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell to his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he fell asleep and essentially died. And then it says, and Saul approved of their killing him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he is like standing over the dead body of Stephen and mm-hmm. is like, this is good. Yeah. And that is, that's evil. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's evil. Um, so Paul wasn't a good, or Saul, I guess Saul wasn't Saul. a good uh-huh. dude. Yeah. He, he was, yeah. And he even says it. And so we, we see that in, mm-hmm. in his writings to the epistles, which we yeah. talk about some next week. When he talks about, he gives his uh, if, his testimony, if you will, th- throughout this book later yeah. on, mm-hmm. and he, he speaks over and over again to to what he was, and mm-hmm. I mean, it, there's a reason when he talks about sinners and I'm the worst one. I mean, he knows what he mm-hmm. did, he knows what he stood for, um, all while thinking he was doing the right thing. Yeah, so right. that's one of the interesting things about Paul. Um, he was a Pharisee. Mm-hmm. Which means he has all this education mm-hmm. to back him up. Whereas you've got, I mean, he's very opposite of Peter. 
Yeah. Where the church begins with Peter and his wonderful sermon there at Pentecost. Peter has very little education. And so Paul is just kind of this interesting, I won't say polar opposite, but they definitely stand opposite to each other uh-huh. and in their background. And it just, it really goes to show you God can use anybody yeah. at any point. Mm-hmm. But I do think that gives a, an interesting background to Paul and how he can work for the church and who he is. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So I, I'm going to leave it with y'all. I mean, <laughs> I, admittedly, I've not done as much reading in mm-hmm. this spot yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I feel like y'all have. So I know y'all have kind of commiserated a little bit. <laughs> yeah. We we have some top topics for sure. I, I guess we can just move straight on to, we talked about kind of how evil Paul was. Let's just talk about the thing that changed it all. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's get to Acts 9. Yeah. The road to Damascus. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Paul had a meeting with Jesus. Jesus came to him face to face. And still true to this day, Jesus changes everything. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you meet Jesus, everything changes. Mm-hmm. And we see that that's exactly what happened for Saul. So mm-hmm. he is traveling from Jerusalem to Damascus to actually persecute more Jesus followers. He's going to get them to bring them back to trial and throw them to jail. So he's trying to continue his work, but Jesus meets him and says, Paul, why are you persecuting me Mm -hmm. and those who love me? And he is blinded for three days. I mean, we see this Mm -hmm. beautiful picture of um, I was blind, but now I see. (laughs) And uh, his eyes are opened Mm -hmm. when another follower of Jesus comes and, and kind of clarifies some things of his vision of Jesus and who that was and what that meant. And then he lays his hands on him and he can see again. Mm-hmm. And Paul, Saul becomes Paul and goes from persecuting Christians to the single person that really started the church mm-hmm. and those those communities of what it looks like to gather together in a mm-hmm. home and worship Jesus. And he went on three missionary journeys, four mm-hmm. really, yeah. um, three that we read about in mm-hmm. the book of Acts. And I guess we should touch on the churches that Paul was starting looks different than what we think about church today. Right, sure. yeah. So but They were house churches, basically. Correct. Um, so he would <coughs> essentially go to a city and he was very knowledgeable in the the Old Testament because he was a Pharisee mm-hmm. and so that's where he would start where he was comfortable in the synagogues and he right. would start preaching in the synagogues and to the Jews and then there's a bunch of stories the the themes that go throughout Acts is how he does this and he interacts with different kind of people it kind of goes between Peter and Paul and and how they just it's just stories about them Mm -hmm. talking to people and how they become converted Mm -hmm. and um so he'll do that with the Jews, and then he'll kind of get tired of them, or they rebuke him, or they get in a little tiff, and then he'll go to the marketplace, mm-hmm. and then he'll start talking to Gentiles there, right. and he'll have conversations. Yeah. With each with each town he goes to, he starts in the synagogue, and I think that's his, his background, his Jewish mm-hmm. background, and knowing, I mean, he never lets go of that, which is interesting when you get to the Council of Jerusalem and all of that, and I think it's interesting that... 
Peter primarily stays in Jerusalem and works with the church there with with his lack of educational background, whereas mm-hmm. Paul, the super Jew, he I mean, he knows all there is mm-hmm. to know, is primarily speaking to Gentiles. I, I, I love that kind of, you would almost expect it to be the other way around. But right. So he always starts in the synagogue, and I think that's Paul's knowledge and background in God called the Israelites first. Mm-hmm. And then his goal was to utilize the Israelites to, to spread his name throughout mm-hmm. the earth. And so I think Paul is sort of echoing that as he goes into each town. He starts with God's chosen people, mm-hmm. and then he moves on, and often pretty quickly because he'll, get, he'll gain some Israelite followers, and then, but half of them will get angry with him and try to run him out of town. And he'll, you see plenty of times where Paul dusts the, knocks the dust from his mm-hmm. shoes or even his cloak just like flicks his coat at them. I'm done Mm -hmm. with you. I've tried. You're too stubborn. I'm going to go over here to these people Mm -hmm. and I'm going to speak to them. Well, just imagine how much easier it would have been for Paul to get the Gentiles on board Mm -hmm. if he had gotten the Jews on board first Mm -hmm. and bring them along. It's like, Mm -hmm. okay, so now let's, come on, my Jewish friends, let's, let's be the example. Yeah. And is that not what we should be reading in in this so sure, church yeah. why shouldn't let's buy in yeah let's buy into this let's be the example that way mm-hmm. the people who are outside the walls of the church mm-hmm. can it's that much easier for them yeah if, right. if we're bought into this message absolutely and but we see that over and over as a biblical theme that the religious ones are always the hardest mm-hmm. ones to <laughs> yeah. open up. And we'll talk about that um, in the Council of Jerusalem probably a little bit more. Just to speak to your quote, Murray, um, mm. in Acts, or your thought that he gets tired and fed up with the religious. <laughs> Acts chapter 18, verse 6, he's been preaching in the synagogues. He says, your blood be on your own heads. <laughs> yeah, I, I am innocent of it. From now, <laughs> I will go t- on to the Gentiles. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. We see fun lines like uh-huh. that all the way through. Um, so, yeah, he starts predominantly starting groups. Mm-hmm. They called themselves the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. These Jesus followers. And they would go into people's homes and gather together. And the thing that Paul, I mean, he single-handedly created this church that mm-hmm. no one else had seen before. Yeah. This was a revolution to go out in, in modern-day Rome where socioeconomic classes were so um, prominent and mm-hmm. you only associated with a certain group of people. Mm-hmm. And there was... Life here would have been hard. If we set up the picture, we can think of, like, Les Miserables, kind of. Mm-hmm. Like, you feel like in that movie it's this... Everyone is this servant mm-hmm. and the streets are dirty and it stinks and mm-hmm. there's only... a few that own slaves and that kind of have it nice Mm -hmm. and everyone else is just kind of struggling to make it along Mm -hmm. most people i would say the middle class in this time were servants and um and so these socioeconomic divides were just crazy and you would walk into a home of these jesus followers these people that were listening to Mm -hmm. paul and there would be people from Egypt and mm-hmm. Ephesus and, and different towns and there would be 
slave owners and slaves mm-hmm. sitting at the table together, yeah. male, female, mm-hmm. um, f- you know, free slave, rich, poor. Mm-hmm. And they were not only sharing meals together, but looking out for one another mm-hmm. and taking care of each other. Mm-hmm. So this was revolutionary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Paul was revolutionary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they were different a lot from the Roman culture because, you know, today how there's like, oh, I'm very spiritual, but yeah. I don't, you know, like, right. oh, I'm spiritual, uh-huh. but I don't. And that was kind of Rome. Yeah. Uh-huh. They were all very spiritual. And yeah. they had 10 million different gods. Uh-huh. And you could kind of pick and choose and go right. the ones you wanted. And the way the Jesus followers said, actually, you know what? We don't believe in any of those gods. Mm-hmm. It's not that you can just, we're not adding another God to mm-hmm. the list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're saying this is the only yeah. right. God which that we worship. I don't remember which city it was he went into where they even had a, a the, an unknown God. Uh-huh. It was like a, the idol to the to an unknown God. Just, and, just in case we forgot somebody, we've got uh-huh. one more God here to represent all the mm-hmm. ones maybe we don't know about yet yeah. just to kind of cover our hides in case something bad happens. And, and here's the thing I love about Paul. Yeah. He comes in and he says, Ha! You got this idol to an unknown god. Mm-hmm. Let me introduce you. Yes. To the one. And to the one. Yeah. But what's even more interesting to me, and I think this is so relatable to us in modern Western culture, is Paul. Paul doesn't say keep worshiping these gods, mm-hmm. keep living your life the way you are, but also worship this one. He says, nope. Mm-hmm. This is the one. Yeah. Let me introduce you yeah. to this, the God. Yeah. Right. The one that you don't know. Right. There's and a right and a wrong. Yeah. And yeah. that's the one that is going to replace all of this other stuff yeah. that you held valuable. Right. Yeah. And, and I think one one reason for that, it's crazy because Paul, when Paul was Saul, he had a, such low value kind of of human life despite how much the Old Testament values human mm-hmm. life. I mean, mm-hmm. him standing over the murdered body of Stephen is, he's not really valuing human life mm-hmm. at that point. And he goes on to preach that idolatry, you know, for the Romans, he speaks so heavily against that mm-hmm. because it's so dehumanizing mm-hmm. to say that these little statues are the divine image when in fact we are yeah. the divine image mm-hmm. because we were created right. in the image of the divine. Right. So for him, it's not just like you're dumb because you're worshiping these little metal statues. It's that you are devaluing what God has created mm-hmm. as us being image bearers. Right. And so I just think that's interesting how he, that again, that meeting with Jesus flips the script. And yeah. I love the unknown God as well. So, Marie, I'd love to hear you talk a little bit more about how people kind of dismiss Paul because he's um, can be kind of harsh sometimes. And some of the things he says, we don't always understand. Mm-hmm. But then that instance in particular will circle back around how he was actually kind of open and gentle in that instance. But let's talk about why right. he's kind of dismissed sometimes. So, for you talking about modern day culture? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So... I've I've struggled with Paul over the years. I think everybody has. He says some hard things, and the 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 older I get, not to claim that I have wisdom of any sort. I just when I come across things I don't understand, I dig because one thing I know about this book 
is that God never changes Mm -hmm. from the very beginning to the very end. God is the same throughout, and there is no message in the New Testament that is not also in the Old Testament. So, Paul can be hard to read sometimes because he can come across quite brash sometimes, mm-hmm. I think, when you get the – one of the stories we read this week, and I'm sorry, I can't recall where it is. There was there was so much. Um, <laughs> he's being followed around town by a woman who um, has a demon, and mm-hmm. she is a fortune teller, and she is walking behind him just – yelling stuff and he puts up with it for Mm -hmm. I think a couple of days before Mm -hmm. he just has had enough and you just assume that Paul is always going to be this well-composed figure Mm -hmm. and he's had enough and without a second thought dismisses the demon it comes out of her and then well she's a slave so she's no longer of value to her her slave owners which just as a side note don't lose sight of the fact that that woman was finally set free in her mind yeah i mean i I don't know what happened to her as a slave girl but i can tell you being rid of the demon was far better than anything else so don't lose sight of that she was freed in that moment but the way he did it was just right it's not this beautiful moment Mm -hmm. of you know woman be healed or anything like that it's paul at the end of his rope and he just pops off Liz yeah. that's how I read it yeah. so I'll, I'll read it for you chapter yeah. 16 there we go. Um, verse 18 she kept this up for many days of going around and screaming at uh-huh. Paul and Silas because mm-hmm. she had a demon in mm-hmm. her and the demon recognized the power of Jesus right and so she, she was kind of speaking out and whatever And so, because of her kind of crazy powers, like you said, she was enslaved, and these men that owned her were making money Mm -hmm. off of her because people would pay to go up and like have their fortune read or get on the good side of whatever Mm -hmm. power was was it was within her. So, okay, she had been doing this for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed (laughs) that he turned around and said to the spirit, "In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her." And in that moment, the spirit left her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and then they get thrown in jail and, and beaten. <laughs> right. And, you know, then there's the rest of the story. That's a good. That's another good story, too. Uh-huh. That is good. Mm-hmm. And I think it is important, because we'll talk about that this when we get to the Council of Jerusalem, mm-hmm. that the crime that was being committed, mm-hmm. if you can say it was a crime, mm-hmm. was that these guys got mad. Mm-hmm. Because they could no longer make money off of this girl. Mm-hmm. And they come out and they say they were thrown into prison. Um, oh, this is what these men say. These men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for the Romans to accept and practice. Mm-hmm. So... It, they weren't creating, I mean, they weren't doing a crime, but there was an uproar to the Roman culture mm-hmm. because they were doing things that were setting people free and liberating them and and people that were making money off the temples or worshiping or yeah. all this. It was an uproar. So their yeah. only crime was that they were creating an uproar in mm-hmm. the city. Um, and I just think that's interesting uh-huh. that it was... They were just pushed against culture a little bit. Yeah. And that's what Jesus does. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If, he doesn't, if we're not pushing against culture a little bit, 
the Bible tells us we might be doing something wrong because mm, yes. the way of Jesus upsets culture. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, and, and all of this reminds me of uh, when I finally understood uh, the concept that C.S. Lewis called mere Christianity. Mm, that's a good I, book. Like, I, I, that book is so amazingly dry, but take it bits and pieces. <laughs> bits and pieces. Yeah, yeah. It's good uh, stuff. But, but the title of it and the idea of it yeah. confused me. I was like, what do you mean mere Christianity? Because, you know, you mm-hmm. think it's just, oh, it's just Christianity. But no, what it's saying is, and what Paul spent so much time fighting was, it's just Jesus. Yeah. Because when you start doing, like you're saying with culture, when you start doing, okay, I'm going to have a little bit of Jesus, mm-hmm. but then I'm have a little bit of culture too. So now you've got mm-hmm. Jesus and. Right. And, and that's a problem. And that's a problem. And so what Paul is trying to teach us and Paul is trying to deal with over and over uh-huh. and over again is, no, you, you can't have Jesus and. Right. You have Jesus mm-hmm. or you have and. Right. And Jesus is way, way better than and. Right. We were talking uh, about like Old Testament characters who were cheering on and they're doing really well and then they just trip at the finish line and it's uh-huh. and it was often because they it's looked at the end they looked at the end uh-huh. and it's just and we do it i do it every day oh, i mean it's it is hard to push against culture these days uh-huh. with social media and uh-huh. everything and a 24-hour news cycle just shoving culture in your face it's hard to stand mm-hmm. against it but we are called to it and we were never promised an easy life the church mm-hmm. will be persecuted mm-hmm. don't lose heart yeah and one of my favorite verse, verses in the Bible tells you not to be surprised at the fiery tri- trial when it comes upon you as though something strange were happening. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, rejoice. Why are we surprised by this? I know. <laughs> so instead to rejoice. But to getting back to what you were saying about Paul, especially in today's culture, I don't think Paul gets a fair shake this day and age because he had, I'm going to go there, he had some things to say about women that people mm-hmm. don't like. And I challenge that what you think Paul's saying might not be what Paul was saying. Mm-hmm. Paul never, almost never started a church without a prominent woman mm-hmm. there to lead the church alongside with him. Lydia, Dorcas, uh-huh. they're everywhere. Okay. Well, I think me- what, what Paul needed was he needed an example, that, like that counterexample uh-huh. of the the, the culture, uh-huh. especially in the places that had all these temples to Aphrodite and such. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. And so you had a problem. Let me read the let me read the yeah, verse so that it. you can go for it okay. and people know. If if you haven't read all of Paul, which not that you should have, but he's <laughs> troublesome. Mm-hmm. There's some things that we don't understand. This is the big one that we kind of all talk about. It's a letter to Timothy. Mm-hmm. That's two weeks from now. Yeah. It's woman, not. It's not in the reading though. <gasps> oh, see, so, so so now we're getting a little uh, taste. We're going to be subversive. <laughs> and here's two women in ministry. Here's the words, Paul: A woman should learn in quietness and full submission. I do not permit a woman to teach or assume authority over a man. She must be quiet. So, Marie. Sorry, can't talk anymore. Well, can't. <laughs> like so. That's, that's the verse. Carry it on. That's the verse. So, tell us why we don't understand that. So, Paul was writing to Timothy. Timothy was in Ephesus, mm-hmm. and this happened in Corinth too, because you'll find similar language in one of the Corinthian letters. Yep. 
which we amazingly don't read. In those areas were temples to Aphrodite, mm-hmm. and you had some other, you know, goddesses, and you had another really major issue of the time, which was temple prostitution. Mm-hmm. And these women would seek out men to help them worship their gods. And I'll let you just fill in the blank on what it looks like to worship some of those gods yeah. with a man and a woman together. I'll just say it. They got together and had big orgies. Yes. Yeah. That's, ex- that's exactly what it was. on the streets of mm-hmm. this. Yes. Yeah. These women leaders doing this. Yes. And, yes. And so they were going into house churches and disrupting. They were going into the synagogues and they were disrupting, mm-hmm. trying to set these men astray from their ways. Paul was addressing the issue of the time. And I say this because this book is the same in Genesis as it is in Revelation, as it is today in 2021. God never changes. The language about women in the Garden of Eden, Eve was a co-regent. Mm-hmm. She was held up the same height as Adam, and mm-hmm. no one will ever convince me yeah. otherwise. And I can show you in Leviticus where God valued women, and he set in line specific laws to keep the culture of the time from messing up their marriages. Mm-hmm. God wanted one man and one woman and not concubines and not other wives or anything like that. And he wanted the men to respect the women because the Canaanites and all the other ites in the promised land that God's pointing to and saying, don't do that. Don't Don't be like them. Mm -hmm. They did that kind of stuff too. And he's saying, I want you set apart as holy. So treat your wives well. Mm -hmm. Don't do to your wives what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And so if God valued women so powerfully that Later on, when Jesus comes back from the dead, who's the first people he appears to? Couple ladies. Women. Women. And he says, go out and tell what you've seen. Mm -hmm. And they're kind of the first ones to share the gospel. Amen. Uh They beat John to it. They They they, did. (laughs) They did. And so, I... People often say that, well, Paul was Paul was just uh, a victim of culture. No, this is the divine mm-hmm. word of God yeah. inspired. And I don't believe the Holy Spirit let anything in here mm-hmm. that didn't need to be there. Was it yeah. written by humans? Yes, humans inspired by the Holy Spirit. And if you think that your Bible got messed up because some human beings wrote it, then your God's not big enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's okay to touch on... I'm not, I don't wouldn't even argue. I would say that men and women do have different roles. And whatever your view on this is if they can have leadership in the church or not. I, we're not here to argue about that. But what we are saying is that when you read specifically Paul and you come across troublesome verses, you should dig into that more because yes. there's a reason it's not settling mm-hmm. right with you. Mm-hmm. And that's when we... Google, hey, commentary on this. What does this mean? We start reading some people because that's what the scriptures are supposed to inspire us to do. Absolutely. To study, to understand better. And it's okay if we disagree on some of the things, um, but that we're trying to to understand and know Jesus better. Yes. And so to that, I, I agree. When you come across something in this book that you struggle with, don't just sit by yourself in it uh-huh. until you come up with a solution that, that suits what you think. Seek out other people, like-minded and not like-minded. Mm-hmm. 
and have good conversation. Find people, go to see pastors, dig into commentaries, not just one, dig into multiple and really seek it out because if it doesn't track with the rest of the Bible, what you just read, don't leave that alone. Yeah. Because find the, out why. Find out why. The, th- the thread throughout, and that's the point. And yeah, it's a little bit of a soapbox. I got a little impassioned there. No worries. <laughs> You're passionate like Paul. It's uh-huh. fine. He's <laughs> Paul and I, he's, he's my guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's, it, is, it is a thread that runs throughout this book. God never changes. So if you come across something that doesn't fit with the rest of it, don't assume it's wrong mm-hmm. and dismiss that part of the Bible because that is a slippery slope. Yeah. When you start pulling out at something and saying, well, this part's wrong, mm-hmm. I'm going to throw it away. Yeah. That is a slippery slope. And pretty soon, you don't need this thing at all. Yeah. And well, you'll just and be spiritual. That's right. And that's not good. That's not good. God invites us to relationship. That's why he has the churches. Yeah. We, are, we are relational beings. So seek out people that you trust, that you feel like are a little further maybe in their journey than you are mm-hmm. with, with your faith walk. And, and dig into this. Don't just dismiss it. Dig deeper. Right. One of the important things for me is, and I I know I've said this in previous episodes, but when I find something in here that I don't like, I have to get to the place where the problem is me. Mm. The problem is not in here. And I, for those of you listening, I'm touching my Bible here. The problem <laughs> is not in the Bible. Mm-hmm. The problem is in me. Mm-hmm. The problem is my brokenness and my uh, dis- distorted worldview because of where we are in space and time, yeah. reading into this and trying to insert my worldview yeah. into Scripture. Oh, yeah. And it really needs to be the other way around. Right. right. Scripture needs to infect my mm-hmm. worldview. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I tell people this all the time that if you have a stance on something and you Google the verse to support your stance, I said Jesus, you are yeah. doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> that is that is exegete. Right. <laughs> Marie's shirt we, says we, my shirt says exegete. We, yes. Yeah, we Don't have to exegete. exegete by reading it fully of what it means and mm-hmm. what it's trying to tell us. Not go and find what supports what we already think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's just a, a tip. Don't go Google verses to support your yeah. whatever you say. And, um, yeah, and I said that, that verse in Timothy, I had to set it aside for years before I, before I was able to finally find a path that explained to me where Timothy was in Ephesus. Mm-hmm. Timothy was in, a, was in a rough spot when Paul yeah. sent that letter. But I had to take that and say, okay, that doesn't fit what I understand of God. Mm-hmm. That doesn't fit what I understand of Jesus. Who, but who clearly, clearly thought of women as equal value to men that doesn't sit mm-hmm. right with me. So rather than throwing it out, I set it aside for years. Well, well let's open up a, a small can of worms here. Okay. It's, I could paint a modern day parallel with Paul writing a letter to the first church of Hollywood <laughs> saying, all right, be celibate. Oh, <laughs> and I was thinking Wait, that what? means that everybody should be celibate. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yes, that's a really good point. That is a good point. I mean, because just think about. Mm-hmm. I mean that. Yeah, you're right. You, you you're right. You can't take stuff like that. Yeah, and and 
paint with a broad brush. Yeah. A lot of a lot of this stuff is scalpel. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know, yeah, or, or the fine tooth brush where uh-huh. I I jumped from a, a broad <laughs> brush to a knife. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'm I should mixing your metaphors. It's, it's not okay. an axe. It's a scalpel. There you go. There you go. I like it. Axe. It's not an axe. 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 Oh, we're in the book. Oh axe. wow. Mm. You're a bad um, influence on me, Kyle. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> okay, I'll bring us. I'll bring us back on track here. I guess so. All of that to say that Paul's hard to read. He's hard to understand. Sometimes he's brash. He's passionate about what he believes and his experience with Jesus. So sometimes he can come across as harsh. I do want to point out a good evangelistic moment Mm -hmm. for Paul and something that maybe makes him seem a little more open and understanding. We were talking about in chapter 17 that unknown God. They had Mm -hmm. all these gods and he points out that unknown God and he's like, this is exactly what he says, chapter 17, verse 22. People of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. So he's like, I see y'all are religious. Y'all uh-huh. are spiritual, spiritual, right? You've got all these different gods. You're doing your thing. And we would expect Paul to say, y'all are worshiping all the wrong gods, false idols, mm-hmm. this. But he's commending them. Mm-hmm. And He's getting on their level. Mm-hmm. And it is a good testimony, even mm-hmm. for someone that is as passionate as Paul, that when we are sharing the word of God and we want to share the gospel, that we can look at someone and say, I see you're very deep and spiritual. And as he said, I see y'all are very religious. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you a part of your spirituality, this unknown God. Mm-hmm. And he just starts to introduce them mm-hmm. to this Jesus. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't do anything super crazy, but just tell the story. Mm-hmm. He does even say in verse 28, it is in this unknown God, this Jesus, the, that for in him we live and move and have our being. And that is actually a saying that the Roman government would uh-huh. say to their gods. So if you're mm-hmm. talking to Zeus and you're right. like, in you, I, we live and have and have our being, he uses that phrase and he says, no, we should be saying that about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he just meets them mm-hmm. where they're at and he uses what they know. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was a good reminder yeah. that I just, especially in ministry, we need to meet people gently yeah <laughs> and mm-hmm. find those spaces where the lord opens up opportunities for mm-hmm. us to connect with them yeah well paul had a, an amazing gift of discernment to really mm-hmm. know when when it was time to knock somebody upside the head yeah and when it was really more appropriate yeah. to to come in and and paul was a tent maker yeah. For a while, you know, because mm-hmm. that was a thing that that was his evangelistic tool to get to know mm-hmm. the people. Yeah. Uh, and I, well, yes, because I happen to be male, uh, I don't intrinsically have these issues with the things that Paul says. So I kind of like Paul a lot mm-hmm. because he does take this approach of using what he has using the tools that he has mm-hmm. and the abilities that he has to then allow Jesus to come into these people's lives and drastically transform their mm-hmm. lives right. if they choose yeah well Paul we talk about him being brash but the what he went to bat for with the council of Jerusalem 
was the entire Gentile group of mm-hmm. he knew that this issue with circumcision was going to be a, a non-starter, and that mm-hmm. the the Jewish people understandably holding on to what they've known for mm-hmm. thousands yep. of years. Eons. Yeah, and of which Paul never let go of that stuff. Mm-hmm. He still held up all of the cultural things that the Jews did. Mm-hmm. He still did those things. He was a good Jew, but he did not impose those upon the uh-huh. Gentiles. And when and when we have the Council of Jerusalem, so he, let me I'll, yeah. let me just give a history on that. Just yeah. I'll give one or two Please. sentences. Mm-hmm. There's all this discrepancy, mm-hmm. Jews. And Jewish Christians, the Mm -hmm. hybrid between Jews Mm -hmm. and people that have met Jesus, Mm -hmm. and then Gentiles who are coming to Jesus, Mm -hmm. Jews were saying, Gentiles have to do all these things that we've observed, circumcision, Sabbath, all these laws that we've followed. And circumcision is the one that's talked about because we think of this like, okay, come down to the altar and get saved. Uh-huh. And then, oh, yeah, here's the next room. Go and be, get circumcised, you know, visit Dr. Snippets <laughs> and get circumcised. Because right. the Jews are saying, this is what we've done. And so. Man, that messes with your altar call. It's, yeah, a little bit. It's going to get in the way. Yes. And we're going to have some fighting about mm-hmm. the ways of Jesus. So right. they get together, they have a council. They're like, we have yeah. to decide. What's the rule on this? Mm-hmm. And that's in chapter yeah, 15. That's chapter 15. And 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 there are some who are just very passionate that these are the things that we've, this is, this is the way we've always done it. Yeah. And therefore, we must always hold on to it. And we trip, we trip on that all the time we in do. the church. My grandfather was a minister. And my mom always says from when she was little, she remembers people calling like up mm-hmm. to the house or hearing like these old ladies in the church. And she does the funniest impression. She goes, but this is the way we've always done. It. And there are so many p- women that just come yeah. around. We've always done it this way, and she remembers that as yeah. a little girl, yeah. working in a her parents working in a church, and that being the complaint, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah, it's inserting our traditions, which traditions are good. Traditions it's are good. good to understand the traditions. Yes. Here's here's what I'm going to say to that. The traditions of the Jews have importance and meaning to the Jews, and help yes. them remember good and important mm-hmm. and powerful things. Yes. The Gentiles did not have those memories right. as a people. And so the traditions don't hit them in the same place. No. It's like I grew up in a traditional Methodist church, mm-hmm. highest of high Methodist churches. And mm-hmm. so I can appreciate all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that I don't really like and appreciate the newer ways that we express our worship. Right. And it doesn't invalidate one or the other. Yeah. Right. You can't have a both and. Mm-hmm. And it's really okay. Yeah. When we're talking about how we worship God, as long as it yes. is in line with mm-hmm. who Jesus is. That's a really right. good point. I mean, so much of, of the festivals that they that the mm-hmm. Jewish people did back then, uh, so much of, of their culture was centered around remembering mm-hmm. remembering their heritage that that word i wonder how many times that word has shown has shown up in the old testament alone remember 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 mm-hmm. remember what god has done for you and you're right it's a people group that does not share that memory right so it it mm-hmm. it was it was tripping them up mm-hmm. and paul saw that and said we this is too important we've got to find another way and 
we got to remove the the stumbling block for for the Gentile people because right. as we were we were called to go. We were called to go and make disciples to the ends of the earth. And this thing is getting in the way. And they didn't throw out everything. They held on to mm-hmm. some things that um, that do kind of they, they do kind of remind me of Leviticus with uh, you know with blood. Mm-hmm. One hundred and thirty-one times, by the way. Oh, nice. Okay, <laughs> what is one hundred thirty-one times? Remember in the Old oh, Testament. Oh, thank you. Oh, interesting. So yeah. I mean, this is supremely important, right. and so. And they hold on to some things, though. Can mm-hmm. I talk about circumcision a little more? I'm sure. <laughs> that seems like a strange question. Well, Go for I it. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, my parents called me last night, and they were like, what are you doing? I was like, studying circumcision. I was like, okay. Uh, that's weird. But um, I guess I, I really couldn't wrap my mind around how important this was. So I was trying to think of an analogy to explain this, and my heart rate is going up just thinking about this because it's gonna it gets sticky. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna use this example and just know I'm making no political statement here. Okay. But mm-hmm. you're thinking about a belief that is so strong mm-hmm. within a culture that it would upset you if it's done a different way. Mm-hmm. So when I was in college, I studied abroad in Australia, and the Boston Marathon bombs happened at the time, mm-hmm. and so we had a conversation about it in class, and they asked me, from an American viewpoint, mm-hmm. w- violence in America, and what are your thoughts on all this? And so then we got on the topic of gun violence, mm-hmm. and so I just say what I always know to say, and that is we support the right to bear arms and have guns. Because that is something that is ingrained in my culture. It's a belief Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for at least Southern Americans that we should have the right to carry guns. And we got into this debate, and I just got, like, demolished. Mm -hmm. Because in Australia, guns aren't a thing. No one has guns. The police don't even carry them. And the gun violence, there was, like, a shooting in 2001 and like somehow someone got a gun and three people got shot in a mm-hmm. restaurant and like the whole country went crazy and they na- they nailed down on even more safety laws and making sure mm-hmm. no one has guns or whatever and then so all these Australians are basically looking at me and saying you have three people shot like every second mm-hmm. in America so how could you support gun laws because we're doing something different and it's working for us mm-hmm. and and so my thought is that I've always known and thought and just that's how I was raised and to have a different viewpoint that for for the Jews it's not only what they've grown up known and believed but these people are saying not only should you not carry guns but your God has a stance against nonviolence. Mm-hmm. And so this belief that you know, and Jesus says you don't actually have to be circumcised, when you start to think about protecting your rights, you get a, your heart gets a little like involved in that. Mm-hmm. And that's what these people were trying to protect, the tradition and the belief in their mm-hmm. in their heart. But as an outsider, we have to say, I don't know if it's right or wrong. But I need to at least be open to views that are different than my own. Mm -hmm. Because chapter 15, 
verse 19. This is what they decided. Praise God. They, they decided this in the Council of Jerusalem. It is my judgment, therefore, that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. Mm-hmm. Hey, y'all, let's not make it hard for anyone. Mm-hmm. If we're pre- if we're presenting Jesus, let's try to make it easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Let's let's not make it difficult mm-hmm. on people. Um, if someone wants to wear flip flops to church, or you know, bring in a coffee, or bring, or d- worship in a different way, I know it's hard and against what you know. But let's pray about it and try not to make it hard on people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a good way to think about it, but I was really trying to understand what circumcision well, you're, would You're have giving been. an example that would help us understand what it, mm-hmm. yes, what it meant, mm-hmm. that a deeply ingrained belief, yeah. this is not your stance on whether or not guns are okay. It's, no. it's you trying to help people understand this is how deep the belief sits in mm-hmm. the Jewish people. And so... It, it was, it, it was a hard issue for them to mm-hmm. deal with. Yeah, and so you're trying to explain how deeply it sits, mm-hmm. and that's a that's a good example. Well, yeah. and I also think it's important to note that uh, it's not, it's easy, but it's not permissive. If that yeah. makes any sense. Sure. Uh, we need to make Jesus easy, but that doesn't mean we should be permissive. Right. Well, uh, I mean, you, you look we, at you, what they you have expectations. Yes. And and. and Barriers to entry are are not that you know. Well, I don't know. Right. Don't know well, so saying. I mean, the the things they held on to are things that call them to holiness. Right. It's it's yeah. you, you're still looking for you to be set apart, but it's just like we tell people you don't have to don't you don't need to get your stuff cleaned up and then come to church. Yeah, you can come, come to, church, to church and we'll help you get your stuff and, cleaned and, up. Yeah. And, and, you and you, by the way, help us too along the way. None yeah. of us are perfect right. and, and we struggle mm-hmm. every day too. And that's, that's what they're saying here is these are some things, this is a starting point with holiness is, yeah. are the things that they mm-hmm. kept and that that's just a whole side thing we can dig into with Old Testament and its goal with setting God's people apart to be holy as He is holy. Mm-hmm. That's the goal with the things that they held on to and said, try to hold on to these things. Yeah. And, and you know, try try to live your life that is yeah. pleasing to God and, you know, they, stay away from sinful things. They and, whittled down mm-hmm. the essentials here. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's important. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> because how, how we conduct ourselves, there are some mm-hmm. things that are essential and there are some things that, you know, we can... We can have liberty mm-hmm. in, in certain things, mm-hmm. you know. And it takes a move of the Holy Spirit. I mean, you have to do mm-hmm. a lot of self-examination and prayer and say, is this tradition or thought or view making me holy and set apart and closer to Jesus? Mm-hmm. Or is it something that is actually hindering my brother mm-hmm. and that I should still hold accountable to for myself but not hold and over their head if they're not doing it. Mm-hmm. Right. And it is a transformation work. I mean, you oh, yeah. have to really, because tradition is good, and, and th- those things are important to the church, and they mm-hmm. teach us about what it looks like mm-hmm. to, to to serve Jesus. Mm-hmm. 
so it's not that those things aren't important. It's just that we have to do a lot of self-searching and examination sure. on um, how the church should respond and, and act. And that's why, tapping my Bible again, this is so important. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Because yeah. it it will reveal the parts of us that are not in line with, mm-hmm. like I said earlier, that it, it's revealing the problem in me. Mm-hmm. The problem isn't in here. The problem is always in here, in, in me. Which is not right. why we yeah. now have circumcision of the heart. Right. 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 And, and see, exactly this is, right. it's, it's the way Jesus did everything. He moved everything from mm. external to internal. Yep. He, he moved the law mm-hmm. from an external reminder mm-hmm. to now your obedience to the law is a natural outpouring of the transformation that yes. has happened within Ooh. you. Amen. Mm. That'll preach right there. Yeah, it will. That's so, good. I think. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go no, ahead. No, no. Well, I was just going to say, I, I don't know if there's anything else to touch on that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I think that's it. We, <coughs> we read the book of Acts, and as you continue reading Paul, sometimes it's hard. Dig deeper when you don't understand. Open your mind to his teachings, mm-hmm. but know that he did this all, his traveling and surfering and thrown in prison and put on house arrest and mm-hmm. eventually persecuted and killed, yeah. martyred mm-hmm. for the faith because he met the risen Jesus. Yep. Yep. And Martin Luther King does a great sermon. You should Google it, his encounter with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And he says he got death threats and a call one night and he couldn't sleep. But in the middle of the night, he went to his kitchen and poured a cup of coffee and he met Jesus. And he mm-hmm. said, that is what kept me going to stand up for what's right. Mm-hmm. And it's so beautiful. And if you have not encountered Jesus Go do what you have to do to mm-hmm. meet with him. Study, mm-hmm. pray, meditate, Absolutely. worship, mm-hmm. get a, whatever. Meet with the risen Jesus. And ready. F- Absolutely. And get ready for transformation. Get, That's yes. right. Be That's ready right. to tra- yeah. be transformed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're still the same on the other side, start over. Probably didn't do it right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. So we've talked about a lot of things today, and I'm oh, sure boy, yeah. there are a ton of questions out there. <laughs> so. Let us know. Leave a comment. Send us an email to askgoingdeeper at gmail.com because that's how you're going to get your questions answered in our next Q&A session. The mm-hmm. next Q&A session will actually be our last Q&A. It will, we'll be wrapping up mm-hmm. the, the very end of our E100. And so hold your question. You know, Be patient. Yep. Be ready for the answers. They're coming. So uh, go ahead. Send us the email. Askgoingdeeper at gmail.com. If you've made it this far and you're not already subscribed, what are you waiting for? (laughs) Go ahead and subscribe. That way the the podcast is automatically downloaded to your device or your computer, wherever you're listening to it. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the notification bell so that you're notified whenever a new episode goes live. And at that, I don't think I've got anything else to say. I think we better quit while we're ahead. (laughs) All right. So y'all have a great week. We'll see y'all next week. Thanks for listening. Mm